1: <laughs> Sorry if I'm butchering your name, Dimitri, but you know, tell the listeners a little more about who you are, and we'll jump right into it. Hey,
0: Whitney. Thanks for having me on the show. I know my last name specifically is not one of the easiest ones, so yeah, you did it uh, almost perfectly. It's so a great job on that. <laughs> I apologize. But I'm a real estate investor. I started a while back, and I've done a number of things. I invested in single family rentals. I've done a few fixer-upper's. Dealt with hot uh, foreclosures, and then I transitioned into private lending, and uh, recently I also transitioned in, uh multifamily syndication, and, and I can share the reason for that later on.
1: Yes, let's do. Let's do, and I'm gonna tell them a little bit a bit more about who you are as well, just your business, and you're the founder and president of Sense Financial Services LLC, a boutique financial arm specializing in self-directed retirement accounts with checkbook control, and so. You mentioned you've invested in numerous syndications, you own multiple investment properties, and I want us to get into that and we'll learn a little bit more about your background. But you're also passionate about helping families and individuals achieve financial freedom by following proven biblical principles of financial planning and investing. And I look forward to hearing about that as well. But you know, right now, like your focus is self-directed retirement accounts with a checkbook control. Is that right? Correct. Yes. So let's just jump right in. You know, you elaborate on what that is a little bit and let's get right into the difference between self-directed IRA, solo 401k and and why that's important.
0: Well, most people are probably familiar with self-directed IRA is uh, account held by the custodian that allows alternative investment options, such as private lending, real estate or multifamily syndication for for that matter. But my niche is uh, checkbook control. Many investors that I come across they don't want to have the middleman between their investments and them making those investment decisions. So they do opt for a checkbook control. And that's our niche. We help people obtain checkbook control. With an IRA, it's uh, possible by creating a checkbook IRA, which allows a client to bypass the custodian. And with the solo 401k, which we can focus on today is uh, basically an account, a qualified retirement account that is designed for folks who are self-employed or on a small business, and there is no requirement for custodian as well. So custodian is completely removed out of the picture without the added benefits that it gives.
1: So are there any cons to having a the checkbook control? You said, you know, we'll try to opt into that, but is there any negatives to doing it that way? I mean, obviously, the first thing that you need to be aware
0: of is that you have the control. So there is no middleman, there is no custodian. Having a custodian, basically, if you're about to commit a prohibited transaction and custodian uh, sees that, they will stop it from happening. So since there is no custodian in the middle, you're responsible. But the key is this, you're responsible for your investment decisions, regardless whether you have a custodian or not. So having a custodian, again, can be beneficial by uh, stopping that prohibited transaction, but oftentimes they don't know that you're making a prohibited transaction. So
1: so the, the custodian, you say, a lot of times don't know that you're making a prohibited transaction, even though you have a custodian.
0: I've seen that happen. I've seen clients who had IRAs with custodian and they made prohibited transactions and custodian was not aware of that. So again, having a custodian will not stop a prohibited transaction. Ultimately, it is your responsibility to understand
1: the rules and to follow the rules. So, okay, so you're focused on the uh, 401k So Solo 401k. So let's dive into that a little bit, why we need to know what that is. Well, a
0: self-directed Solo 401k plan is a a vehicle designed for those people who are either self-employed, many of my clients, real estate investors, real estate agents, or they're involved in real estate in one way or another, whether it's a a wholesaler or a developer or somebody who's flipping properties, or uh, I have a few clients who are syndicators. They put together syndication deals uh, that's their business model. So if you're self-employed or own a business without full-time employees, and that's the case, so it's designed for small business owners without full-time employees. You can have part-time assistance and the uh, threshold by the IRS guidelines is 1,000 hours. So you can have somebody work for you under 1,000 hours a, a year and still qualify. And so that is a qualification requirement. But the benefit of, again, we can dive into that and I can go over briefly over some of the key benefits that it offers and and the advantages, comparing that with a self-directed IRA, if you'd like.
1: Please, that'd be great. So number
0: one, with self-directed solo 401k custodian is not required. So instead of using a custodian to to hold the plan assets, we're creating a trust and Trust is the vehicle to hold plan assets for the solo 401k. So, custodian is removed out of the picture, and what that means for the client is all the custodian, all the transaction, and asset based fees are eliminated. And most importantly, there is no middleman between you and your funds. You simply can make transactions, you can make investments by writing a check. So, this is a great advantage comparing to an IRA. Often, I've seen My clients lose on deals because when they find the deal, and if they have a an IRA with a custodian, they have to submit the paperwork and all the documentation to the custodian, and then wait for the approval before they can get the funds to secure the deal. Uh, Solo 401k, you can simply write the check, you can seal the deal immediately. So that's probably one of the main advantages. Another advantage, again, if you're a business owner or self-employed, and if you're doing well in your business, as your income increases so does your taxes. And it's a great tax shelter because with the self-directed Solo 401k, the contribution limit to this vehicle is almost 10 times higher comparing to an IRA. With an IRA limit this year is $6,000. With Solo 401k, the limit is $56,000 $6,000 catch-up for a total of $62,000 if you're over 50. So 56, under 50, and 50 and above up to sixty two thousand dollars i mean think about this if you're in your spouse together in the business and you're doing well potentially you can shelter over a hundred thousand dollars of your income from taxes i mean just think about the bottom line how much tax savings that's going to equal that's another benefit and then obviously it allows you to have true diversification because with this vehicle you can invest into virtually anything you know, a lot of my clients invest in real estate, but you can invest in virtually anything.
1: So I'd like to back up a little bit, though, and even the process of working with you or from getting my, you know, my funds from my, you know, let's say my IRA or whoever I have them with now to somebody, you know, how do I get them to this so I have checkbook control? What does that look like? When do I talk to somebody like yourself and how quickly can something like that happen if I have a deal now?
0: You know, the first thing is that if you have a deal now, then you got to do it personally. In order for you to do the deal inside of a retirement account, you have to get the account established first. You can't find the deal and then go and try to establish a retirement account. That will be placing a cut before the horse. So if you do want to obtain control over your retirement funds, the proper steps is to establish this vehicle and then look for the deals.
1: I guess the problem though, like if, if I went in and did that, I don't want to let it just sit there for very long. Right? Like, I want to know what I'm going to be doing with it, I guess, you know, before I really establish the account, but maybe I don't have a deal yet.
0: Well, the bottom line is this you need to make a decision. Do you want to have your money locked up in the stock market, which you and I, Whitney, we have no control over the stock market? That's, you know, for most people, what the retirement funds are. And most of your listeners don't have a control over the stock market either. So the question that you should be asking yourself first is do you want to keep the money there and hope you'll do okay? or do you want to be in control of your funds? And if the answer is, if you take the second choice, if you want to be in control, then you got to establish the vehicle, you got to fund it, and then look for the investment opportunities. I mean, the deals are always there. Yeah, there might be a period of time your money is just going to sit there in cash. You know, obviously, you don't want to rush into and just jump on the first deal. You want to do your due diligence. But, you know, that's the proper way of doing that. I've seen you know, I spoke with folks and they wanted to do that. And then they come to me and saying, hey, I found this deal. Let's do it. And we start doing that. And then they run out of time because they had, you know, a few days to move on that deal. And it's just not possible to get it set up and funded in, in a few days. So you do want to get that set up, funded, and then look for the opportunities.
1: Nice. Nice. So, so it's best for self-employed individuals. Is that correct? Yeah, you have to be self-employed or own a business without full-time employees. Okay, so what if I have a, a W-2 position? What's the best option? What can I do? If you have a W-2 position and you're doing something on the side, the business
0: can be full-time or part-time. I have many clients who are, they still have W-2 jobs and then they might be doing something on the side. You know, I have uh, several clients who are syndicators and some of them are actually start in this business and they still doing it part-time. They may be working on their second syndication deal while still having a full-time job. And I have clients who already passed that and now that's their full-time business. I have many clients who are part-time real estate agents or some clients who flip a couple of properties a year part-time on the side, you can still do that. So again, as long as you have a presence of legitimate self-employment activity you're eligible.
1: Nice. So that's what I just wanted to clarify. It doesn't have to be your sole self-employment. You can still have a W-2 as long as you have some type of legitimate business.
0: That's correct. And and if you don't have any self-employment activity, then this vehicle is not for you. You got to go an IRA route, which we can cover, I guess, in another episode. But I tell often at the seminars and when I speak, I attended this event a number of years ago, probably more than 15 years ago now. And it was kind of a well-building event. And there were two authors of the book called ABCs of Making Money. I don't remember most of what took place at that conference, but I do remember what these folks shared. And that was creating multiple sources of income. So if you just have a single source of income and that's your job, obviously, there is no diversification there. You do have that job, and you don't own it. You may not have it tomorrow. But creating multiple sources of income, and that may be investment income, or that might be a flipping properties, or or getting your real estate license and doing that on the side. So there is multiple benefits of creating a side hustle or a side business. Not only that will make you eligible for solo 401k with all the advantages that it gives you, but also it creates an extra source of income for you that you can develop potentially into a full-time
1: business. That's awesome. And that kind of lends us right into, you know, you've talked about, you're very passionate about helping families and individuals achieve financial freedom. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and how you do that? And, or maybe that's a whole other segment, but, you know, at least briefly, at least touch on it. It definitely can
0: be another segment, but briefly, let me just cover just a few points. You know, Bible has a lot of wisdom just for life in general, regardless of your uh, view of the Bible There is also a lot of wisdom on finances. And what I've seen over the years, if you're going to follow these principles, you're going to be financially successful. And if you're going to violate those principles, you're going to fail. You're going to be miserable. And I've seen many examples of that. And so the few key points, the first is importance of setting goals and planning. In Proverbs 21.5, we read, good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. So there is no uh, get rich quick, You've got to set goals and you've got to execute them. You've got to plan for the future. Another one is importance of being debt-free. And I'm talking about bad debt. Proverbs 22.7 says, the borrower is servant to the lender. So if you're in debt, then uh, you're actually working for somebody else just to pay and, you know, making wealth to somebody else. So you've got to implement that as part of your goal. Another one is importance of, you know, and, and I think that goes very close to what you doing is importance for investing for the future. Another Proverbs twenty one twenty says, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. So I know you're helping a lot of folks to set or take money that they set aside and put that into investment that will work for them. And prior to doing what I'm doing, I was in financial planning and I've seen many families making a lot of money, they get increases in in income, and they just elevate their lifestyle without really saving anything. And then they just one paycheck away from being in bankruptcy or not being able to pay their bills. And that's unfortunate. Another point to share is the importance of diversification. In Ecclesiastes 11.2, we read divide your portion to seven or even to eight, For you do not know what misfortune may occur in the earth. So, you know, you want to diversify. We don't control tomorrow. We don't control all of the investments. There is a degree of risk in each investment. And, you know, that can be said, diversify into different asset classes. Even within the same asset class, you can sub-diversification, so to speak. Those are some of the key points that I speak and try to educate my clients. And the services that we offer to our clients, self-directed retirement accounts, they pretty much cover all of those. They allow our clients to implement those key points.
1: Nice. I just really appreciate you sharing. I appreciated that in your bio as well. It's a big need, that's for sure. Uh, you know, if you're living paycheck to paycheck or not even that much, it's people struggle to exactly what you said, living way of, above their means. And so that's uh, awesome. People need financial training, right? We don't get it in high school or through school for some reason, but we need some training before we started recording. We just mentioned like your path to syndication. There's a couple thing you you and I discussed, and I just thought we could highlight before we run out of time because I just thought it, it would be important to the listeners as well. Sure. Well,
0: as I mentioned, I started investing in uh, just single family rentals. I've done a few fixer uppers. My first purchase was a town home. My residence was a fixer upper, and then I purchased the first rental was a hard foreclosure. You know, I've done a few of those, and then I kind of got tired of that, and I even uh, had some, made some mistakes, lost some money, lost some properties uh, during the last real estate downturns, obviously learned some lessons, but when I started my business, basically I did not want to deal with, you know, everyday problems that come with owning single-family rentals, so I was introduced to, actually by one of my clients, to a concept of being a private lender. And I started investing in trust deeds and notes, basically became a bank. And I was doing that with my retirement funds as well as my personal funds. And it's a great way to invest. It's a great way to diversify. But on my personal side, what I notice is that over the years, I noticed my interest income growing. You know, every year I will get a 1099 from the servicer, 1099 interest, reporting interest. And that's just simply adds income to my bottom line and that increases my taxes. So I thought, because I remember owning a bunch of rental properties and how much deductions I had, and I wanted to change that. And that's when I started researching syndications. And I knew someone from many, many years ago that I reconnected and uh, he's been very successful with that. I invested in the first syndication with him and then done a few more. And the beauty of investing in syndication that it comes with the tax benefits you get to write off the depreciation and all, all the additional things. And I remember making a first investment syndication at the end of the tail end of the last year in December, literally in the last few days. So there was pretty much no income because of the timing. And I received 1099 because it still was for the last year. I received the 1099 with the reported income of $1. And the write-offs, the deductions were about twelve or $15,000 just on that one syndication. That definitely helped my bottom line. And I've done a number of other ones since then, so it's definitely a great way to help with your tax planning.
1: Before we start recording, you mentioned, you know, just like the beauty of investing in in syndications. I thought, we you've got to share that on this show, of course, you know. But, you know, Dimitri, before we have to go, you know, as far as the 401k and having checkbook control, what's the hardest part of that process you know, maybe even for the client or or even for you and just doing this business well?
0: Well, that may be what you mentioned is kind of getting over that step is making that decision. Like I said, I've seen clients who losing deals when they didn't do it in the proper steps. You know, they try to get the deal first and then looking for the or converting the retirement funds into a source that they can use for that deal. So it's making that decision. Like I said, you need to ask yourself, do you wanna basically give control to your money to somebody else, to your stock broker, or just even if you invest yourself, we don't have a lot of control. We may have certain control as far as implementing certain strategies in in the stock market, but ultimately we don't have a control. So if you wanna stay there, I mean that's fine. You can continue to do that. But if you do wanna be in control, if you wanna have more control, then you gotta make that decision and make that conversion. And then just start looking for investment opportunities. And you know, I don't think that's a good excuse, you know, not being able to find the deal. And I, I get that once in a while from clients.
1: Is there a specific amount that you have to have to be able to convert? Not really. I
0: mean, I started this business helping clients with IRAs. Okay. And so most of my clients they will bring fifty, hundred, two hundred, five hundred thousand dollars from other retirement accounts. But then when we added solo four one K to our services. Now, quite often, I do have clients who start from zero. They don't have any retirement accounts, but they do have successful business. And as I mentioned, because of a high contribution limit, a husband and wife together can contribute well over $100,000 in a single year. That's your seed money. You can do quite a bit of that. You can definitely do a couple syndications with that.
1: Unfortunately, we're we're running low on time, Dimitri, but before we have to go, just a few more questions. Is there a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? One of the things is being able to delegate. You know, I like to be in control. You know, I tend to do
0: things myself. So it took me a while. Maybe it wasn't recent that it's been early on, but I think it's a good example to share with anybody, you know, regardless whether you're a business owner or you're just an investor or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing is uh, learning to delegate. You need to focus on what you do the best and delegate other things. Yeah, you might do them the best, but certain things, they don't have to be done the best way. They just need to be delegated, and I think that will definitely improve your bottom line.
1: Done is better than perfect. (laughs) What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think,
0: like I said, I had a number of failures, and I've done a number of different things invested in business-wise, and I think perseverance. Again, I've done those things, and even in this business, I had some struggles in the beginning, but because I did not quit and I applied experience, learned in the past, that definitely helped me succeed.
1: And how do you like to give back?
0: There is a number of things that we support. We actually, one of the things is that I'm very passionate about, and I think we share that, is we support some orphans. There is an organization in Ukraine that they work with orphans, so we support them. We also work with uh, several organizations that support children in world countries. So we have three girls that we uh, support through that organization as well.
1: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you doing that as well. We're highly passionate about helping families adopt. And so anyway, I appreciate that personally as well. But Dimitri, I'm grateful for your time and being on the show and just the expertise you've shared in so many different levels about 401k and checkbook control and why that's important, and who can use it, and who can't. So anyway, just very grateful for you. And tell the listeners, though, how they can get in touch with you. Anybody can
0: find me on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, you know, on social media, I'm on Twitter as well. But the, probably the best way is go to our website, sensefinancial.com. And sense is like common sense, S-E-N-S-E. So that's actually how the name came, is financial concepts that make sense. You know, that's what we're talking about.
1: they just common sense things. Nice. Dimitri, thank you so much. I wish it was common sense, right? But we have to study this stuff and appreciate, you know, we have somebody like you that can help us out. Uh, But I appreciate the listeners being with us today and every day. And I hope you all will be back tomorrow. Hope you're learning a lot from the show and hope your business is growing because of it. You know, please go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. I'd love to get on a call uh, with you. Go to our contact page and help you any way I can. And then go to the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow.